0: Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. My guest today brings um, a cross-discipline board games, but also the film industry. And it's always great to hear people talk about the impact uh, that Kickstarter has in a variety of different uh, spaces. We're going to specifically talk about some board game stuff because he had a very successful Kickstarter project this year. We're recording in 2014. Uh, Raised over $100,000 with uh, a whole lot of backers and for his first time project. So I thought I'd have him on the show, talk about some of the successes, some of the failures, and kind of what he's seeing that's going on out there. So I want to welcome Joey Vigor to the show. Joey, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Richard. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. We, um, as we were talking earlier, we met a couple of years ago briefly at the Gamma Trade Show in Las Vegas, Um, one of those drive-by greetings, right? Uh, A few seconds just saying hello. But this past, you said that from that experience at the Gamma Trade Show last year, that kind of what's prompted you to, to do a Kickstarter campaign, which yours ended in February. Tell me a little bit about that decision process, because from going from a kind of a standing start, you were very successful with that project.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, so our initial inclination was we had this board game, Chaosmos, and we loved playing it with our friends. And so it was me and my brother and my friend Matt, and we were encouraged by a bunch of friends and fans here in Los Angeles to go to the Gamma Trade Show, which is not a convention for game playing. It's more of a a meetup for people in the industry. And one of our primary goals was to pitch the game to publishers. So we met a bunch of publishers. It's a very small industry. So we hung out with lots of different publishers and we got their feedback. But then I I saw, you know, you had something to say about Kickstarter and I had been aware of it. But it wasn't until basically I found out how little money designers actually make making board (laughs) games when they sell it to publishers. And even the publishers that we met that were interested in the game said, oh, well, our slate is booked up for two years. And that just seemed crazy to me. So. I had already had experience making documentaries and working in the film business, so I thought, well, let's let's try Kickstarter. And the smartest thing we did was essentially spend a year preparing for it, because the the trade show was in March, and we didn't launch until January second, 2014.
0: And ended in February, so yeah, almost exactly a, a year later that you had that end. And you were very successful. You had 136 thousand dollars of funding. Sixteen hundred backers, which is a really a phenomenal number, from going from basically somebody who shows up at a trade show, kind of peddling a game, to finding, you know, sixteen hundred people willing to give you money for a game. How did that year of preparation pre- prepare you for that kind of success? How did those two go together? Well, I would say incredible naivete
1: and mixed with pretension, and that's a, allowed- that's a
0: great that's a great combination, right? That's a great combination. <laughs>
1: So I, my secret to to my life is I, I keep the pretension, but I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. And I so I I tried to learn. For example, some of the mechanics in the game were quite out of date, and I improved those. And with the more modern mechanics, and I played a lot of games, and I really tried to learn as much as I could from you know, your podcasts and James Matthews blogs and Jamie Stegmeier's blogs and really try to learn about the industry, learn about Kickstarter and specifically the game world. And I just keep believing in myself and knowing that what I have is something unique.
0: Okay. But still, there's a lot of people out there who believe what they have is unique, but they don't get 1600 people to agree with them. What did you do specifically that would allow you to find 1600 people willing to back you?
1: Well, I would say number one thing that was helpful for us was conventions. So 12 months prior to the Kickstarter, we were playtesting the game, trying to make it as good as we could, going to designer meetup groups and listening to other people's suggestions, but also being careful not to distract from what the core fun of the game was. And we started early developing an email list with MailChimp. And every time someone would try the game – even if they weren't sure they were going to buy it, we encouraged them to put their email address down and then we began joining groups like Board Game Geek and obsessing over following the uh, the sort of trends in board games and and also simultaneously learning about Kickstarter in that community because a lot of the people, of course, that ended up ordering the game or, or backing us on Kickstarter were not necessarily even tabletop fans, more just people who liked Kickstarter so I could keep going. I mean, eleven well, months. So, no, before. so there's
0: a couple of things. So one is is that how big did that mail list get before you then launched your project?
1: So it was probably around 400 email addresses, and part of the way we built it to that number. It's it's now significantly larger than that. But we went to the the GenCon. There was a event at GenCon where you basically called the, the first exposure playtest hall. And it it costs a couple hundred bucks, but you get 75 to 100 people testing your game, you know, just in that in that one convention. And we got all their email addresses. And so that was that was a really huge that doubled the the, the size of our email list. That was a really big thing. And then all the local conventions. Luckily, there's uh, quite a lot of conventions here in Los Angeles, notably Strategicon that meets three times a year. So we got hundreds or, or at least many, 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 many dozens of email addresses through that convention.
0: Yeah, I think it was two years ago that I uh, flew down for a day to participate in a Kickstarter panel at Strategic Con. I think it was Memorial Weekend. So whichever con that, w- that one is, I sat with Richard Borg and a few other folks and, and talked to those, those folks down there. So, yes, it's a very active community. Uh, oh, it's, it's wonderful. And uh, another thing that's part of part and
1: parcel of this whole uh, experience is basically the, the concept of not just playing the games with people, but making really nice prototypes that... Yeah, let's talk could,
0: about that. Yeah, yeah. Could,
1: could you really focus on that, right? For me, I think that that's the best way to do it because even if someone doesn't have time or is not interested in trying your project, if you have a really amazing-looking prototype, then they'll remember the name of your game and they'll, they'll play it in the future or at least keep, keep it in their mind.
0: So how many prototypes did you develop, and how did you develop such a high-quality uh, caliber of prototype?
1: Well, probably over the course of the year of prepping for Kickstarter, I probably made personally 20 copies of the game, and it's a big box game. I mean it's, it's, it's got a lot of components. So essentially the way I did it was I made a bunch of fake art, which consists of me downloading a bunch of Creative Commons images and – coupling that with some Photoshop, some haphazard Photoshop skills. So to make the art, and then um, meanwhile, working with with friends of mine who were real artists to, to could, you know, simultaneously do that, then I would go to Staples or uh, FedEx office and print it out on kind of nice glossy paper, spray glue that to either cardboard, or eventually we got laser cut wood components. So and then use a exacto a blade to essentially cut it out. So it looked like like a punch board, but it was completely, uh, completely fake. And then I destroyed some of my favorite game boxes, unfortunately, to glue new cover art on top of existing
0: game boxes. So we had nice sturdy boxes for it. Interesting. So literally what you're saying is, is that with that year, you took the time to be able to by hand craft uh, individual prototypes, not rushed, took your time, learned from experience over time, it sounds like you really put that year to good work that so many people who come in you know, 30 days or a week. I've had people on my show, and I hope they're not listening. I'm not going to say their name, where as I've got ready to have them on the show, oh, when are you launching? Oh, on Friday. You know, it's Tuesday that we're recording. On Friday. Oh, really? Hmm. Have you gotten approval? From, you know, this is before Kickstarter did the auto approval. Have you gotten approval from Kickstarter? No. Do we have to get approval? Yeah. Have you set up your banking with Amazon? No? Yeah. Do we have to do that? I don't think you're ready to launch on Friday. Right? And so that you have those, at the one short of the extreme, and here you've taken the time for a whole year to really methodically sit down and start to build that brand awareness, and it certainly paid off with, again, 1,600 backers, $136,000, and you funded in February, and now you're close to delivering this year. It's going to be a, a close thing. Uh, Panda has been pretty slammed, especially at this time of the year, but you're going to be within a year of getting this product out that's got to be yeah. fe- that's got to feel pretty good
1: it feels great it's a wonderful experience but i it's primarily driven by fear of failure i'm pretentious about the game but as far as kickstarter i knew that i did not know what i was doing and that's a really important uh, distinction to make being confident in your project and believe in yourself but mostly believe in your ability to learn and so one of the things i did was i learned a lot about kickstarter not just the again not just the board game world but there's a bunch of different facebook groups to join there's the you know not just kickstarter groups again but la card and board game designers guild that's something for local people and tabletop kickstarter advice and tabletop game publishers guild and card and board game designers guild i mean all these things i I joined and became active and because i knew that all my questions initially were things that people laughed at because they you know I didn't know what I was doing. And when I started to really read what was happening, I would realize, wow, you can learn and get better at this stuff without messing up first. You don't have to have a failed Kickstarter to launch a successful one.
0: That's right. And, and the generosity of the community has, I think, has been an absolutely phenomenal outgrowth of the success of Kickstarter, particularly in the board game space. Other ones as well. I've had many guests on from a wide variety of backgrounds and disciplines that have expressed the same thing, that the community's willingness to educate, give back is phenomenal. This is not, you know, some people say, hey, it's a pre-order system. I've never seen a pre-order system that will take and and hand feed you and walk you through and bring you up to speed and educate you so that you can become successful. Never seen that. So uh, it's been pretty
1: amazing. It really is funding the dream. I mean, people believe in your dream as well as they believe in their dream. And it doesn't, it's no skin off their back to help you out, especially when they're excited in general about this, this sort of concept of, being a part of someone's dream—it's it, it, very inexpensive to back somebody's Kickstarter project, and you are part of building their their dream, and that's an amazing thing to to experience.
0: It is. Now you've uh, you've contributed a little bit to that as well because you have uh, a group that you've kind of formed, kind of a support group. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Oh sure. So one of the one of the, I actually started this after a Kickstarter had completed, but I wish I had started it before. I call it the Kickstarter support group. It's, it's local to Los Angeles and just like any support group. Hi, I'm Joey and I'm addicted to board games or whatever you say, Hey, I want to make a Kickstarter project and I don't want to have a meeting with my friends where all we do is play board games. I don't want to have a get together with my friends where we talk about game design. I want to get together and work together on helping each other achieve Kickstarter success. So We're all at various stages of our journeys, and some of us have already launched, and some of us have already delivered games. But ultimately, we're working together to contribute to each other's dreams and get to the point where we're ready to launch our next project. And are you launching a next project? I'm not about to launch a next project, but early in 2015, I think, I have a micro game I'd like to launch, and I may decide to release an expansion to Chaosmos if the community wants it.
0: Now, you have, but what you do have coming out soon, we're recording this in the uh, the beginning, middle of November of 2014. In December, you actually are a filmmaker, and you have a film coming out December 4th, right? Oh, on
1: Showtime. Yeah, I make, I make movies, yeah.
0: Okay, Joey, you said that just so kind of nonchalant, but there's a whole lot of people listening right now going, Whoa! You make movies that appear on Showtime. Tell us a little bit about that experience. And has crowdfunding and Kickstarter had any impact on that? Well, That's you can say no. To some
1: degree, yes. I think it's more more that my my skills as a filmmaker have, have affected positively my abilities to, to do Kickstarter for the board game just because you always launch better if you have a good video and do video content. But with with the film career, I came out to Los Angeles after going to film school and did not want to work on other people's projects. That was sort of like I hadn't firmly decided that I just sort of experienced being asked to clean toilets and things like that. You know, when you're a production assistant on a on a film, you know, there's the celebrity, you know, 15 feet away and you're like cleaning up garbage, essentially. So no one wants to do that. But uh, but instead of work, wanting to work my way up, I said, well, I'm just going to start really small. So I started doing small documentary projects that I would direct and produce. And, uh, you just keep doing those. You meet people and whatever it is they want to make you, you say, okay, I'll do it, but I want to have creative control and they'll pay you way less money, but you'll be way happier. So I definitely encourage people to, uh, to do things on their own and, and, follow their sort of vision for it if they think that they're the kind of person that has one.
0: Okay. So let's talk about that a little bit. We've been talking about board games, but you have shared with me um, before we uh, came on the air that just about anybody. So let's suppose I want to make a film and I want to make a short film and I want to fund it on Kickstarter. And then I want to have people see it. I'm not doing it because I want the money, but I want to do it. I want to do it because I want people to see it. You've shared with me that one avenue might be to put it on Netflix Right. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix is is definitely a way to go. How? I mean, honestly, there's all my audience is saying, what? What are you talking about? I thought, what do you mean get it on Netflix? Well, getting
1: something on Netflix, I think there's a lot of sort of exciting vocab words like Netflix, but there's various avenues to distribution. And one avenue is to is to have it live stream, you know, and, and the quickest way to get get it to Netflix, I would say, is make something that's that you're proud of that's good and then get a sales agent and it's not that difficult to do that you 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 can basically just you know send your film to a bunch of sales agents and you can look them up on the internet and at least one of them will probably say hey i like this i think i could sell it it's they're not paying you or anything like that unless they unless they find a buyer for it so they'll package it with a bunch of other projects that they're working on and uh if they can if they can sell it to a territory like China or or you know Canadian television or whatever it is you know you'll get a small licensing fee and one of the avenues that you can explore is is online distribution including Netflix.
0: How would I get my movie on Netflix?
1: Yeah, this is a, this is a, we have to ask me on a different conversation, but yeah, it, you can essentially submit it. It's not a direct process, but and you won't make very much money. No, um, I'm not on I'm not doing it
0: for money. That's what my audience is saying. No, I'm not doing it for money, but. Are you literally saying that I could, there's a process to go to Netflix and actually submit for consideration a film that I've created? There is a process.
1: I, I would not recommend I, – I don't know exactly if you can do it directly. I I think the best way to do it is to get it into a main distribution channel and the way to do that is to get it to a basically a sales agent. Got so it. I will happily – Tell you, but my sales agent. There's, I have multiple. I have two. I have one in Canada and one in, lives in Australia. But it, it doesn't really matter because they all do the same thing. They they go to trade shows and events, just like you and I know about doing that for the board game world. There's the same type of event. There's film markets, and as long as you know what your film is and how you are willing to edit the length and edit the content a little bit for whatever your your distribution demo is, you'll be able to get it. Netflix or but Netflix is just that's just like a word. It, no, it's no, no, like, no, that's
0: a word that that's a word that gets people's <laughs> attention because if somebody's working on the project and they're just thinking, well, I don't even know where to start. You've now given them an idea that hey, you could start here, and it sounds like that description of that trade show sounds exactly like. A game designer going along shopping their board game, and as long as you're willing to possibly deal with the theme changing and some of the mechanics changing, yeah, somebody will take your game, right? I mean, isn't that kind of right. sometimes
1: what happens? Yeah. Now, I keep in mind, I am not the kind of person that would be willing to have. that yeah, that's right. You've been games. very
0: clear about having that so, kind of that, that issue,
1: right? <laughs> right. So, I, I we actually had, I wouldn't say a direct offer, but we, we at one point we pitched our game. This is two years ago now to a company, and they were interested in the mechanics and they said if, if you can make this pirates come back to us and i said well i don't want i don't want pirates maybe, maybe space pirates and they're like no no we want real pirates so i was like okay well that's uh, not happening
0: that's not happening joey we're out of time all right this has been great i certainly appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us a little bit about the experience the impact uh, a little bit about the support groups down in the los angeles area and the little uh, conversation there about the film i think that's going to uh, intrigue a lot of people so very much appreciate you sharing those uh, those insights oh thanks a lot richard if anybody wants to to get a hold of me directly
1: that's that's totally fine i'm just mirrorboxgames at gmail.com
0: mirrorboxgames at gmail.com do you have a website
1: uh sure it's mirrorboxgames.com and i'm, I'm hopefully going to make that a little snazzier by the time this episode comes out
0: all right well we will look forward to it so we've been talking to uh, joy vigor he is the uh Owner of Mirrorbox Games. He's a filmmaker as well. Um, He had a very successful project in February. Chaosmos, right? One hundred thirty-six thousand dollars We certainly appreciate him taking a few minutes to share with us. Thanks again, joy Thanks a lot, Richard. Our intro and exit music is Orientation by Bureaucratic. You can listen to more of their music at SoundCloud.com/slash Bureaucratic. Today's show is produced by Come Alive Creative. We want to thank their work, and you can find them at comealivecreative.com. Thanks for listening. Take care.